When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, welcome to Big Fish Small Pod. I'm Andrew Werdahl, here with you on Wednesdays and Fridays every week throughout the season. And... As much as I know we're kind of all working our way back from this lockout, I'm glad to have you back. We're totally moving right past that here on Big Fish Small Pod. Uh, And if you haven't been listening to uh, my podcast specifically, what I'm looking to do this season is to really zero in on this Marlins offense. It was the biggest area for improvement this offseason. Some additions were made, and I'm already kind of amid coverage of that. Uh, Last Friday... If you're interested, I did take a look at about half of the 40-man roster, just diving in deeper on these hitters individually. And today, I'll be doing the other half here. So starting with some of the major additions, Jorge Soler. He's a player that really just, like, stats kind of fall apart. Looking at his year last year, he was the World Series MVP, but had a negative wins above replacement. So he hasn't had that like stable impact, but he can win you a baseball game. His power, his aggressive approach at the plate, he led the league in home runs in 2019. And again, like he was the World Series MVP in his next quote, full season. StatCast has his max exit velocity in the top 6% of the league every year since 2015. Top 1% last year, But the point being that he's proven to be a stable power bat. And the Braves were really aggressive with his usage in the World Series, batting him like first, second in the lineup, maximizing his chances to lay into one with his power, rather mirroring his aggressive approach at the plate where he 
will take swings to maximize his chance of laying into one. He will miss, but his hits can win the ball game. A huge addition to this club. Now taking a look at Joey Wendell. He's another big addition to this team for what he does as depth and versatility. So he's really a good hedge to Brian Anderson's injury. Someone who could step in and fill in at third base for a long time if need be. But he's also someone that can like help manage that load for Miguel Rojas, Jazz Chisholm Jr., and Brian Anderson, assuming full health. So if it all goes well on the infield, Brian Anderson could actually be kind of like an outfield plan B, and that's because of Joey, who is a solid contributor. His bat has had some of his like limits exposed, so to speak. He was an all-star last year behind a great first half, but he did tail off in the second half, especially in terms of his power numbers. To me, that does suggest that he arrives to camp prepared, but it might be that he gets worn down and can hit the ball with like a little bit less authority up the plate. He might be someone that really benefits from like a properly managed load on the infield, um, which is kind of ironic given that he's like the person brought in to help with that, but it helps to make it like a cohesive second, short, and third with four players. I personally like to look at World Series numbers for players seeing how they perform at that height and in 2020's World Series, Joey Wendell was just two for 19 with five strikeouts. To me, that does say that he's like pretty exposed at that like absolute height, um, but he's not here for that peak performance. He's here for reliability and there's no reason to think he won't bring that. Now, who is in my opinion the biggest addition to this offense? Avi Garcia. He has played in the World Series, actually 2012, for the Detroit Tigers, and he's someone that you really do consider to be that quote professional hitter. He's just good at the act of getting it going during an at-bat. So he was hitless in 2012's World Series, but he's like adapted really, really, really considerably since then. Um, going like early on, like his batted ball profile moved from like ground balls to fly balls as he made an adjustment and started hitting the ball with more authority. Like Solaire, he's been in the top 20 for max exit velocity every year since 2015. So we're looking at someone who would like, comes in with at least like a reliable degree of fitness, uh, high tools, and there's distinct evidence that he's been able to improve his bat to ball skills year over year. Uh, in September of 2021, kind of like a weird thing happened um, where pitchers did spike their fastball usage against him. And it paired with the decline in production. So it seemed like he was another player that could benefit from like a load management. Like at the end of the year, it might've been that he was getting relatively worn down and then exposed to the high velocity in today's game. Looking at the catcher position, um, what a disaster uh, last year. But this year, Jacob Stallings has been brought in to really be mostly a defensive upgrade, like shore up that like pitcher-catcher relationship. But it does deserve to be noticed that he is bringing a disciplined bat to the lineup. In terms of like contact and power, he can really like, get into one, but he won't force it the way someone like Soler might. It's just a drastically different approach that he brings to the lineup that's good to have in the lineup in addition to them. He's a batter that'll force the pitcher to throw strikes to prove that they're able to meet a demand 
and not get used to just those like big breaking sliders that are in the dirt, Jacob will add some length to the lineup. Peyton Henry, uh, he had a really hard to read 2021. He started in double A and then found his way to the majors uh, going from Milwaukee to Miami via trade. Uh, he's 25 year old now and he's shown that he can like bring his bat to the major league level with about average max exit velocity and like a whiff percent of just like 11% on fastballs, like pretty low, but again, we're looking at a really small sample. And the fact is that he can square a breaking pitch. His like hardest hit ball was on one. So really that's all that can be said about Peyton. Uh, he's certainly someone that will benefit more from like time to develop in AAA. And it does seem to be the case that he will start in AAA with Alex Jackson most established backup to Stallings. Perhaps he has the like tower power, top 8% in max exit velocity. But the problem is the strikeouts. He struck out last year in just about half of his at-bats with about like, with at least like a 40% whiff rate on each pitch type, like a fastball, breaking ball, off speed, you name it, he swung and missed 40% of the time. So like, Looking a little deeper, he does kind of skew towards getting under the ball. So it might be like a really cohesive thing where he's just like not quite on it from like a hand-eye coordination aspect, getting the bat to the ball correctly, at least not this past year. Still just 25. He could certainly have taken some time to readdress that approach and line it up because he has like the tools to be your like power hitting catcher but like last year he wasn't really hitting it certainly a player that will benefit from having someone like Jacob Stallings to lighten the load now probably the best backup catcher option on the Marlins roster is Nick Fortes uh, I find him to be just like the incumbent here but a start at AAA wouldn't be too out of line depending on Peyton and Alex but as far as like backups, he seemed to have the most mature bat in 2021. Hitting with like average strength, decent like exit velocity numbers. Uh, he did skew pretty heavily towards the pole side profile with a barrel rate like significantly higher than league average. So he might've shown like a superior hand-eye coordination, but he also might've benefited from like a small peak at the majors where pitchers weren't able to really get the best of him and his whole profile does suggest that he had like his own game plan that could be exposed certainly something that like can be ironed out but certainly something that we'll keep an eye on a little bit deeper Jarrera Encarnacion outfielder on the 40-man roster it's hard to build an expectation on this batter because he like certainly will see the minors to start 2022 but he hung in there double a in 21 it just didn't like wow so much yet he's shown potential to be a developing player getting like stronger as well as converting those tools into impact his home run in spring training was promising but just nine in 2021 doesn't really say Jarrera's here so much as it says he needs more time now at like the top of the major league roster jesus sanchez his raw tools took a step forward in 2021, hitting like a higher sprint speed and hitting the ball 
even harder. And it came with good results overall. He definitely was able to better assert his tools in 21 than in 20. And it looks to be that he's on like a typical track of improving his batted ball profile. He got out of ground balls and made better contact, more fly balls. Avi Garcia's career might be a good comp to Jesus's approach as like a toolsy outfielder converting to that like more able batter. Um, but I mean, Jesus does have superior tools and could follow like a similar path towards that professional hitter type, but we're just here in 2022 and there were strikeouts in 2021. Owing mostly to a high whiff rate on breaking pitches, it might be that facing major league breaking pitches is the key to improvement in that regard. So as a starter, he could be really well positioned, but he might need like a day off here there as a still developing batter. But for now, the pressure is on him to adapt. Checking out now the captain, Miguel Rojas. He's been like such a grinder. His career overall is a real testament to that. But each and every at bat, he'll work the pitcher. Staying decently disciplined and getting the bat on the ball until he sprays one into the field. Really good profile all the way around. Not a lot of power in his bat. But 2021 did mark a step back for him as far as his walk rate is concerned, and that seems to be the key to his success in 2022. It certainly could be that with all the injuries and trades in 2021, that Miguel was in a position to be more of like that productive bat, and that might not be quite a fit for him as a batter. Um, it also could be that he was really well exposed. Like he led the league in putouts as a shortstop, meaning he had a lot of playing time as a shortstop. Just as a grinder, the demands might have just been so high that he wasn't able to quite rein it in and be as sharp as he was on those like razor's edge margins in 2020. But he has the intensity to meet that, but sustaining it over 162 is just a different thing. So we'll see how that plays out this year but really load management could be the key. So that is the 40-man roster as it lines up right now. If you um, want to hear the other half, check out that Friday pod. Um, but for now, I've been Andrew Werdahl. Today, the Marlins face the Washington Nationals at 105 at Roger Dean. And tonight at 7, check out Fish Stripes Live. We'll get you the latest in conversations about this Miami Marlins team. But for the pod, thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow.